the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. After the Lord Jesus Christ sent the disciples to preach the gospel of the kingdom to the people, as we heard in the gospel of today, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. This shows us that there was clear communication between the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples. They were not working or serving independently. He sent them and then they returned back to him and they told him the report about their ministry. And this is very important for the servants who are serving in the church. They should follow the example of the apostles. You shouldn't serve independently, but there should be all the time clear communication between the coordinator of the service and between the priest. You should bring report to the priest and to the coordinators in order to discuss together what you need to do about the service. And as we read in the Gospel of St. Luke, when they brought to the Lord Jesus Christ their report about how even the evil spirit were submitted to them, and they were happy because of that. The Lord Jesus Christ affirmed the fact that Satan fell down from heaven like lightning. But he told them, don't rejoice over this, that the evil spirit submit to you. But rejoice more that your names are written in the book of life. Through this communication, through this discussion, the Lord Jesus Christ was able to correct some thought inside them. They were happy because of the gift of casting out demons. But the Lord told them, these gifts shouldn't make you happy. What really should make you happy is that your names are written in the book of life. And after this, we read that the Lord Jesus Christ took them and went aside privately into a deserted place. And there is another lesson here. There is time for service, and there is time for meditation, and there is time for solitude. Because a servant needs to have private time with the Lord. In this time, he will be filled by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, if he serve all the time and give all the time, then his heart will be empty and he will not have anything to give anymore. So as we serve, we should have our private time in our inner room with the Lord in which we kneel down before him, we pray, we study the scripture, and we become filled with the Holy Spirit. This is very important because this private time is what will en enrich and nourish our service. We read about the Lord Jesus Christ that several times he left the multitude and went on the mountain to pray. So there is a time for service and there is a time for meditation and prayer with the Lord.
And when the multitude heard that he was in Bethsaida, they followed him. And he received them and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. The Lord Jesus Christ, as a good shepherd, all the time he showed care for his people. The care in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ was very, very clear. Also for the servants, they should present this care of God to the people all the time. The main message that we should communicate to the people that we are serving is God loves you and God cares about you. This care was manifested in three things. Number one, he received them. He did not, he did not tell them, I am busy now, I don't have time for you, go and come later on. He received them. Number two, when he received them, because he cares about their spiritual life, he started to speak with them about the kingdom of God. Many times as servants, when we receive the people, we speak about anything but God. And we don't talk about the kingdom of God. Sometimes our visitations become a social event not a spiritual event. But the Lord Jesus Christ, once he received them, he started to speak with them about the kingdom of God. And then, number three, he healed those who are in need of healing. So he showed care not only for spiritual needs, but also for the, their physical needs. And he healed those who were in need of healing. And God left for us this mystery, the mystery of the unction of the sick, in order to perform healing in his name. And after that, a problem happened. What was that problem? When the day began to wear away, the twelve came to the Lord and told him, send the multitude away that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get provisions for we are here in a deserted place there was a problem and they, they spent all the time with the Lord Jesus Christ all the day long they listened to his teaching and they forgot about their food and they were in a deserted place there is no place to buy food. As we know, the attendants were more than 20,000 because the Bible tells us they were 5,000 men other than women and children. So if every man has his wife and two children, so at least we are speaking about from 15,000 to 20,000 persons. And I want you to think about how great is this problem? It was a big problem. How are you going to feed almost 20,000 persons in a desert and you have nothing to provide them? There is nothing to, to give them. And the disciples took this problem and they reported the problem to God. 
And there's again another lesson for us as servants. When we face problems in our service, in our ministry, the first thing that we should do, we should get on our knees and ask the Lord to help us in solving this problem. Because without God, we cannot solve any problems. Unfortunately, we think about all the solutions that we have without praying. Although the main solution is prayer. Because prayer is what's going to open to us the gate of heaven. Through prayers, God will solve all our problems. And through prayers, God will help us to serve him faithfully and resolve all our problems and issues. But the disciples made a mistake, which all of us usually do the same mistake. They went to the Lord, not only telling him their problem, but also they gave him their solution. And what was their solution? Send the multitude away in order to find place to lodge and to buy food for themselves. When we go to the Lord, we shouldn't offer him our solution simply because his thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And his solutions are much, much, much better than our solutions. Why we should offer him solutions? Is he in need that anybody teach him or anybody help him to find solutions? Many times when we pray, we say to the Lord what he should do. You should do this for us. Please do this for us. I want you to learn from Martha and Mary. When their brother was sick, they presented the Lord their problem without asking him or without offering him any solution. They sent him a message saying, Lazarus, whom you love, is sick. That's all. They sent him the problem. They did not offer any solution. They did not tell him, please come and heal him. And I hope when we pray, we should just give God our problem and leave him to choose the right solution for us. And if you trust the Lord with all your heart, he will solve your problems according to his own good will. The Lord was not disappointed because of their solution. But he started to discuss with them and he told them, you give them to eat. So he told them, your solution is not right. They came to me and I am responsible for them. I should give them something to eat. It is your responsibility to give them something to eat. And this also shows us the care of our Lord Jesus Christ. He cared about them. He taught them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. He healed their diseases and their infirmities. And also now he's providing food for their need. The disciples start to discuss with him and they told him, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. And again, 
the disciples couldn't imagine how they would offer food for these 15,000 persons. So they told him, there is a lad here, had his lunch with him. And this lunch is just five loaves and two fish. There is no way that these five loaves and two fish will be sufficient to feed this multitude. If you want us to give them something to eat, then we must go and buy food for them. In the Gospel of St. John, Philip calculated how much they, they're going to spend just to buy bread, and he told him 200 denarii. And 200 denarii in our time equals about $20,000. Because one denarii was the wage of a person per day. So 200 denarii actually is the wage of six to seven months. So it's about $20,000 to $30,000. So he told him, if you want us to buy food to them, at least we have to spend $2,000 just to buy for each person one loaf of bread. Many times when the Lord asks us to serve him, we focus on our ability. What can we afford? And of course, our abilities and our resources are very, very limited. And that's why sometimes we may feel uh, desperate. We fall into despair and in, in hopelessness. How can we resolve these issues? How can we resolve these problems? When you deal with God, you should not focus on your own resources, but you should focus on the resources of God. Because whatever resources you have in the hand of God will be blessed. In the story of Gideon, Gideon wanted to go and fight the Amorites. And as the Bible describes the Amorites, the Bible says in their number, they were many, many people like the locusts. So Gideon took with him 30,000 Israelites. And the Lord told him, no, no, this, this number is too much for me. I don't want you to take these 30,000 persons with you. Go and tell them, if anybody is afraid, let him go home. If anybody is scared, let him go home. Of course, Gideon was troubled. He already was afraid because these 30,000 persons comparing to the number of the army of the enemy is nothing. But he obeyed God. So he made an announcement, if anybody is afraid, go home. And you know how many went home? 23,000. There were only 7,000 with Gideon. And Gideon was fearful how he will fight against the Amorites with only 7,000 because 23,000 already left him. And for his amazement, God told him, you know what? This 7,000 is too much for me. I don't need this 7,000 in the war. And then God told him, take them to the river 
and let them drink from the river. And he told him, those who will drink like the dog, let them go away, and the others, let them stay with you. And the number dropped from 7,000 to how many? To 300. 300. And the Lord told him, now with these 300, you will overcome your enemy. According to Gideon's calculation, he is going to be defeated. But according to God's calculation, the 300 will defeat the army of the enemy. And that's what happened. God was able to defeat the army of the Amorites with the 300. When we do the service of God, we shouldn't use our own calculations because our own calculations will not help us when, when we serve God. We should trust Him, should trust His blessing. We should trust that He is the Almighty. He is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. So the Lord told him, give them something to eat. And here I admire this young lad who offered his lunch to the Lord Jesus Christ and who was willing to share his lunch with the rest of the multitude. I want you to think if you are in the place of this person and you have these five loaves and two fish and around you there are 20,000 persons have no food. What you are going to do? Are you willing to give them your food or you going to keep it yourself? This young lad is an example of giving cheerfully and abundantly. He gave cheerfully and he gave also abundantly. You know why? Because he gave all what he had. And when we give, we should also give cheerfully and abundantly like this young lad. The Lord told them, give them something to eat. There's another lesson here. As you know, the Lord Jesus Christ and the disciples were very, very poor. And I'm sure they needed some money for their ministry and for their service. But we did not hear that the disciples said to the Lord, okay, now if you're gonna feed them, what about if we sell this food for them? So everybody, if he pays one denari or half of, half of denari, we are going to make 20,000 denari immediately. And this money, we're gonna use it in the service. I'm saying this because unfortunately, in our time, we have this mentality of buying and selling. The Lord Jesus Christ, although he was very poor and his disciples were very poor, but they used to give freely. And he, he taught the disciples, freely you receive, freely you should give. In the same way, that's why in the church, we shouldn't allow buying and selling. This is again the teaching of the Bible. We shouldn't be money-oriented, how much we're going to raise, how much fund we're going to have. The Lord will give us abundantly if we just trust Him. We may sell and buy and rely on our own money and our own activity 
and we will lose the blessing of the Lord. So you need to make up your mind and, and what you want to choose. Do you want to choose to work with your own ability or you want to choose the blessing of God to bless you abundantly as he blessed these people with the five loaves and two fish. Then he said to them, to the disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Another lesson here, God is God of order. God is not author of confusion, but God is God of order. As St. Paul says, let everything be done in order and decently in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let everything be done in order and decently. Here I want to say this virtue to be organized in your life is not a social virtue, but it is a spiritual virtue. The spiritual person is an organized person. He is organized in his life. If you are organized in your life, your spiritual life also will be organized. Many people don't pray regularly and don't study the scripture regularly just because they are not organized in their life. If they know how to be organized and if they know how to do time management effectively, then they will have time for prayer they will have time for studying the scripture, time for attending the liturgy, time for serving God, so they can organize their time effectively. But as I, I, I tell you, many people, because they are not organized, they cannot keep their spiritual life organized. Also in the church, we should be organized. Because again, as St. Paul says, let everything be done in order and decently. Unfortunately, in, in our churches, many, many times we don't behave in organized way and in orderly fashion. But we use, most of the time, we, we, we express that or, or we show others that we are not organized. And simply this means we are not spiritual. The Lord told them, make them sit down in groups of 50. And also, they were able to count how many attendants because they, they had 100 groups. So 100 group in 50 person per each group. So they were able to count uh, 5,000 men. And also it's clear because they counted the men, uh, 5,000. This implies in men were sitting in one place, women sitting in another place. And this is the teaching of the apostles. In the canon of the apostles, the apostle teaches us that inside the church everybody should have his place there is a place for the bishop there is a place for the priests there is a place for the deacons there is a place for the king there is place for the children there is place for men and there is place of women in in our churches we should keep this apostolic order because that is the teaching of the apostles Everybody should have his own place in, in, in the church. This is, has nothing to do with the culture, but again, because God is God of order, not God 
of confusion. So he told them, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he blessed them and broke. And there's another lesson for us here. To start everything by prayer. The Lord before breaking the bread and distributing the bread, he looked up to heaven and prayed and blessed. Before we study, we should pray. Before we eat, we should pray. Before we drive our car, we should pray. Before doing anything, we should pray. Why? Because we ask God to be a partner with us in, in this work. Regardless if it is a great thing or a small thing, we need God in every little thing we do in our life. And if we do this, then we are going to pray without ceasing, as St. Paul taught us. He prayed, then he gave to the disciples to sit before the multitude. And again, there is a point of order here. The Lord gave the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. We didn't hear that these 20,000 came to the Lord Jesus Christ and started to take their food from him. Everybody waited in his place, and God gave to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. Also, there is a, a lesson here about priesthood. The disciples are the representative of, of Christ. So they take from Christ and give us. And until today, the priests, the successors of the disciples, they receive from the Lord Jesus Christ and gives us. That's why we honor our priests and we obey them because they are the representative of God. And they ate and were all filled. Why they were all filled? Because the blessing of God. God was with them. When we have the blessing of God in our life, we'll be satisfied. We'll be filled. We will not feel that we are in hunger or in need of anything. That is the blessing of God in our life. There is another important lesson here. That well, the disciples gathered the fragment and 12 baskets of the remaining fragment were taken by them. Even the fragments, the leftover, the Lord Jesus Christ did not throw away. But he told them to take the leftover. And from this leftover, they were able to make 12 baskets. Sometimes we don't care about the leftover. And here I'm not speaking about the leftover of food. But I'm speaking about the leftover of everything in our life. For example, the leftover of time. The fragment of time. Few minutes here, few minutes there. If we try to make use of these few minutes here and there, then these few minutes will add hours and will give us time to do something more in our life. For example, if you have a small book with you and there is few minutes you are waiting for somebody, why don't you open your book and start reading in it? You will use effectively this fragment of time. Another fragment like the changes. If we collect these changes and 
we send them to the poor, for example, in Egypt. These changes can make a great thing for the poor in Egypt. Also, we should be careful in the food like the Lord Jesus Christ taught us in the gospel of today. We have to teach our children how to be careful. I, I, I see many children, they make up plates and they eat half of it and then throw it away. This is not uh, how to appreciate the gift of God to us. But as the Lord is teaching us today, the, the importance of the leftover and these leftovers the disciples took with them and they used it uh, later on. This miracle proves to us the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. How? If you think about it, the life is the five loaves and two fish. If you put them in a basket, they will not fill even half of this basket or quarter of the basket. But the leftover filled the 12 baskets. This means there was a new material created. God created new loaves and uh, fish. So he is a creator. And if Jesus Christ created new material, then Jesus Christ is God. So this miracle proves actually the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the only miracle that was mentioned in the four Gospels. The only miracles that was mentioned in the four Gospels is the miracle of feeding the multitude with five loaves and two fish. I am very happy that the Gospel of today is about this miracle because today we are celebrating the opening of this new church. And this gospel is called the gospel of blessing. As if we received a promise from God today to bless this church and to be here with us as he promised us, I will be with you all the days and unto the end of the ages. May the Lord make this church a blessed church and a source of blessing to everybody enters it and praise in it and serve in it. May this church also be a blessing for all the people in, in this area, for the believers and the non-believers, and for the non-believers to know the true faith and to know the, the true way to the kingdom of God. May God bless all of us and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.